Hey, it's James. This week, everyone at The Graphic was working out how to go remote. And on Thursday, we published a paper with reporters, editors, and designers all around the country. We're going to continue printing papers for the remainder of the semester. You can find them in a PDF format on our website. In addition, The Graph and our newsletter, The Pixel, are ramping up production. This is to keep you up to date on the latest information on the coronavirus and how the pandemic is affecting our community as well as the country. You can find all of this on our website. As campus closed last week, a lot of us were packing our bags to go home. But for the athletes of Pepperdine's 10 in-season sports teams, they were dealing with a different kind of baggage. Hi, my name is Carl Winter, and I'm the sports editor here at Pepperdine Graphic Media. Take me to the beginning of the story. So, like, what were athletics thinking basically on Wednesday? And before that, were athletes thinking anything at all about coronavirus? There were a few cancellations of events this week, um, but not a ton prior to Wednesday. Wednesday, when when we received the notification that the rest of the school year would be going remote and online, um, we were obviously concerned it would be a big change with most of most of Pepperdine leaving and and most of our friends leaving. But at the same time, we also thought that it would just be a bump in the road, that there may be you know an event or two canceled here or there. There may be attendance restrictions. On Wednesday, Pepperdine athletes thought that while their classes were going online, their seasons would still be played on the field. In fact, some of the teams, like men's volleyball, played games on Wednesday without any fans there. I mean, on Wednesday evening, there were there were sporting events on campus that happened without spectators, um, but still otherwise happened, or without an abundance of spectators, but still happened normally. But on Thursday, the picture got grimmer. And then we started to get a little bit nervous, even those of us in spring sports, that certain conferences started shutting down and canceling all competition. And then the biggest domino that fell was the NCAA canceling all winter and spring sports championships, which basically rendered our seasons irrelevant and useless. So even before we heard from our own athletic department or our own conference, we knew our season is effectively over because there's no point in holding competitions and events when there's nothing to play for. For his reporting on the story, Carl talked to two athletes. Uh, my name is Wyatt Young. I am a sophomore on the baseball team. Wyatt Young is actually my roommate, um, so I obviously have close contact with him. And he's on the baseball team. He hits a leadoff, plays shortstop, and um, had a great freshman season last year, was on the all-WCC freshman team. Yeah, my name is Jalen Francois. I'm a senior on the cross-country and track team. Jalen Frantal, my teammate, is a senior. He's, he's a leader of a lot of things here on campus. He's involved with Student Philanthropy Club and uh, or Student Philanthropy Council, Waves Leadership Council. He's on the executive board for just about any club you can think of. When we found out classes were going remote, obviously we knew it was good and we were pretty happy about it. We could just focus on training and racing and um, do our classes online and then uh, I guess kind of just have fun for the rest of the semester. Obviously we were upset that or I'm, since being a senior, I was upset that um, my senior year was going to be a lot different than I thought it was going to be. I, I was going to be leaving friends that I was probably never going to see again. And they had given students about four days, four or five days to pack up and get off campus. So I knew it was going to be a rushed couple days. I knew that I wasn't going to get to say bye to people that had really impacted my life over the past couple years here. The following day, um, we were in the library doing our work and we had gotten notice that Pac-12 had canceled 
the remainder of their competitions. Uh, and, and gradually news started pouring in. We, we shared it in our group chat for the team and um, fear started to grow. We realized eventually that it was inevitable that our season was going to be canceled too. We knew we had one race left, um, but then within a couple hours of um, hearing the first round of cancellations, everything had been canceled for us. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we found out we were playing with no fans, which is already kind of a bummer. But, uh, you know, we were so able to play, which was the main part. And then come Thursday, uh, I'm stalking Twitter, and then we find out all these conferences started canceling um, their seasons. And then the Pac-12 and then the SEC cancel theirs, or they postpone theirs. And then, like, you know, whatever they're going to do, everybody else is going to probably follow them. And so, uh, you know, obviously the West Coast Conference canceled our season too. But, yeah, yesterday and today we had team meetings about what exactly would happen. Um, and we exact, we're not really exactly sure about that yet. All we know is that we probably won't be playing uh, any baseball anytime soon. And uh, it was kind of a similar environment, as Jalen was saying, just because we had a bunch of watery eyes, uh, you know, not knowing exactly what the future will hold for next year, if guys will come back, if they won't. And uh, our future success is dependent on those guys too. So uh, it's an inter interesting situation to see. And uh, I guess we'll just see once this whole thing plays out. Student athletes were originally allowed to stay on campus because even if your team isn't in season, you have practices and training throughout the year. But when the NCAA ended all competition for the rest of the academic year, that opportunity went away. We didn't hear from our own conference or athletic department until several hours after the NCAA decision. But then our own conference, the West Coast Conference, said no practicing, no playing, nothing competitive at all. And with that decision, we knew that we'd more than likely be sent home, those of us that lived on campus, because there was no point in Pepperdine allowing us to remain here with the whole end policy about social isolation. And Yeah, I think for uh, most of our team, we live on, most of the team lives on campus, so uh, by that means they'll have to find their own way to get home. Most of them will drive, uh, but some will have to fly, like myself, because I'm from Hawaii. But uh, the people who live off campus, they'll, they'll stay off campus. Um, I'm not sure exactly what exactly they'll do, like if they'll train for the next season. Uh, not sure if the weight room or if any facility will be open. Got it. And then Jalen, um, last thing for you, I obviously know um, what you're up to next year, but uh, can you kind of give an idea of what these last few months will be like for you here, staying in Malibu, um, kind of graduations up in the air, and then um, as you move on into what you're up to next year? Yeah, well, we, we still have school. There's still online classes. So I live in a house with a number of teammates, um, and some of the underclassmen teammates are now going to be moving in with us for the remainder of the year. So I think at least having the community, my friends, my teammates, I think that that will be a light in this um, crazy storm that we're going through right now. And what are some proposed solutions for seniors right now from the NCAA? So immediately when the decision came down on Thursday, March 12th, to suspend all or cancel all spring sports seasons, there was a petition started for all student athletes in spring sports to receive an extra year of eligibility back from the NCAA or a redshirt year would be the term that we use, which made sense for spring sports because most spring sports were you know, maybe a quarter or a third of a way through. Definitely no one had reached the midway point in their season. So the NCAA did grant that today, or they at least said that they would take into account and and 
allow eligibility back for another year of eligibility for spring sports athletes. They have not yet made a decision for winter sports athletes because winter sports seasons were almost over. So for seniors, they will receive that year of eligibility back, um, which is good. Should they be going off to grad school or somewhere else, they'll be able to play that extra season should they so choose. Um, but also it's, it's small consolation for some seniors. Most have plans to, you know, to go off elsewhere. They have a job lined up or they, they weren't planning initially on going to grad school and now they have that option. And what are the potential drawbacks of, from a sports perspective, of allowing uh, a redshirt year for seniors? I think it could just be considered unfair. Um, teams could have an unfair advantage if they have seniors who are then allowed to play another year and they've already played, in winter sports, they've already played almost four full seasons and then they get another one. It's just gonna, it's gonna be hard also on current, I mean, if you think back of current seniors in high school or juniors in high school who are trying to get recruited, if a lot of seniors stay for a fifth year, there are going to be less roster spots available to potential recruits. So I think that it just could create an imbalance where uh, it might seem unfair to allow so many fifth-year seniors or if one had a medical redshirt or uh, used a different redshirt, be potentially sixth or seventh-year seniors to remain on the roster. So while I think it was the right decision to make, it it does cause some difficulty. I mean, it's there are only so many roster spots in the NCAA to go around, and a lot may continue to be taken up by, by older student-athletes. In doing this story, I kept going back to Carl's interview with Jalen Frantel. For most seniors, they they have other plans in life and need to move on. And if, if they weren't on full scholarship, it doesn't really make much sense to stay another year of school unless they are planning to get a master's degree or to, to add a major because you can't just be in school or be um, on a sports team in college and not go to class. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating, especially because, you know, we, we have now this opportunity to redshirt another season. Um, I, I plan on taking a gap year and um, doing some service work, but it makes me question, like, dang, should I should I have gone to grad school and potentially use this last year? Because we, we've worked so, so hard these past couple of months, um, you and I and the rest of the team, and we, we expected all of our distance records to be broken. Everyone was on, on pace to PR by a significant amount. And um, it's, it's just really, really disappointing to have worked so hard and not even be able to see the results of our hard work, uh, even two days away from a race where we would have been able to um, experience the, the fruits of our labor and just so um, suddenly cut short. And he was someone who wasn't very highly recruited out of high school and has just come such a long way and was having a breakout season in cross country and track and just looking forward to, you know, finally making his mark on the program and now just doesn't have that opportunity after months and months of training and just having a chance to, you know, in cross country and track where he's looking to run a really fast time in the in the spring and just be able to say, hey, this is when I was at in the best shape of my life running wise and I was gonna, you know, he was hoping to run in about 14 minutes and 40 seconds for the 5K and now he just doesn't have that chance. I guess we can try and set up a time trial for him just with our teammates um, and he talked about that but it's not the same as being in a real race with real timing system and having that time there officially. I, I'm still not sure if I'm going to 
train, um, potentially run, you know, a 5K just for my own um, sake of seeing what I'm capable of, because I think that we've worked too hard to not see what we're capable of. I mean, other sports, it's it's hard. You can't, if you're a soccer player, you can't play another team right now. But if you're a runner, you can go and you can run a distance and you can get a time and prove to yourself that you're capable of it. So I'm thinking as of now, I may train for a little while longer, see the results of how hard we've worked over the past couple of months, and then just spend the last couple of weeks here I have with friends and live as normally as I possibly can um, until hopefully graduation happens. And if not, then I don't even know. I just won't see a lot of my friends again that I'd planned on seeing at graduation one last time. What struck me about Jalen's story is that he's taking a bad situation and trying to find some way to keep things normal. It's not going to be the same. He can't compete against other schools or with his teammates, but he's going to try to prove to himself that he could accomplish the goal he set out to reach. I think we're all sort of doing what Jalen's doing. We're living these sort of surrogate lives right now. Our work, our classes, our friendships. Almost everything we do in a normal day is in this weird online space. I mean, I'm currently recording this from inside a storage closet in my house with a blanket draped over me. We're shifting our norms in order to keep doing the things we need to do and the things we love to do. It's not the real thing, but I admire people like Jalen for trying to do something. And then Pepperdine, as we all know, doesn't have a very large sports fan base, I guess. It's a little bit quieter than some bigger schools and everything. Uh, So why would you say to Pepperdine students, why should they care about this story in light of, you know, coronavirus canceling all of NCAA sports? Yeah, well, collegiate student athletes only have, most of us only have, you know, four or five years remaining in our lives to get to do something that um, is a major part of our identities for the rest of our lives. And so, like I said, a select few will go on to be able to play professionally, but this is the last time, you know, we get to have that team experience to be able to pursue a passion and pursue the goals that we've set ourselves for ourselves over the over our collegiate careers. And part of that pursuit is, you know, putting in a lot of time and energy. I would say that um, between, you know, team meetings, practices, weights, competition, travel, on average, I'd say four hours a day that are dedicated to our sports, and then we have to try and get an adequate amount of sleep in order to um, continue to perform at a high level. So there's a lot of work that goes into being a student athlete and a lot of passion, and all that's cut short. And that's not to say that we're insensitive of you know the, the severity of the coronavirus or um, family members affected and, and the community being affected um, because pandemic is not a joke and and there's the right decisions were made in this instance but um, a lot of us are hoping to you know be able to use that extra year of eligibility and it's still disappointing um, for people whose careers are ending and seasons are ending after putting in um, an incredible amount of work and student athletes are also uh, very you know, conscious of the fact that there are other students who have put in just as much work in extracurricular activities, theater students and and music students who have been working hard um, on concerts and on plays and productions um, throughout the year and throughout their careers and are also trying to pursue this, um, to pursue their realm or their field um, beyond in the professional life or they're studying it as well. Um, It's just as disappointing for them and just as difficult to see all of your hard work be cut entirely short.
Okay, so we have a list here of the 10 teams that were in season uh, before this all happened. So I just want to quickly run through them and sort of, if you could tell me where they were at before they got canceled and, uh, you know, what, what does that mean for them going forward? So men's basketball. Yeah, men's basketball was, had finished the West Coast Conference tournament, but they were looking forward to being able to compete for a postseason tournament, which was their goal coming into the season to be able to be in the postseason. And they had, I received information that they had received a bid uh, to attend the College Basketball Invitational, which is um, one of about four collegiate basketball postseason tournaments. So that would have been a big thing, first appearance in the postseason for several years. A swim and dive. Swim and Dive was having um, kind of an interesting season. Their head coach was fired in the middle of the season, but otherwise uh, quite successful season where they finished second in their conference again. They were actually in the middle of their national championship meet in Cleveland, Ohio. They had seven swimmers there and had completed the first day of the tournament or of the uh, meet and had um, several swimmers set school records there. And once the decision came down, the entire meet was cut short after one day, and they had to fly home. Men's and women's golf. Men's golf was off to one of the best starts and seasons in Pepperdine history in pretty much any sport. They were ranked number one in the nation in multiple polls for the first time in Pepperdine history. And uh, they had uh, Sahith Thigala was a... Uh, a preseason All-American, and they had had the individual winner in two straight tournaments to start this fall season, uh, Figala and then uh, William Mao, who's a true freshman, and they had won their first two events. So obviously off to a great start and looking forward to competing for a national championship, and now that season uh, has ended as well. And women's golf, um, they had one senior, Momoka Kabori, um, on the roster, and they were coming off two top eight finishes in their last two tournaments, so kind of trending in the right direction as well um, and improving as they went along, and that's traditionally a program that has been ranked in the top 25 as well. Uh, and then beach volleyball and uh, men's volleyball? Beach volleyball and men's volleyball are two more proud programs of Pepperdine that are um, year after year ranked in the top 10 in the nation. This year was no different uh, to start off the season. Beach was ranked number 10 in the nation and had just started their season in the past two weeks or so, and they had five seniors. Men's volleyball was number eight in the nation and had two seniors, uh, Noah Dyer and Rob Malahi, and then a graduating junior. Ben Hancock and and they were you know on the right track after finishing third in the nation last year to try and get back in the NCAA tournament this year, and yeah, so both both of those programs were ranked in the top ten. And then men's and women's tennis. Both tennis teams were off to a, a pretty stellar start. I mean, women's tennis is arguably the best program at Pepperdine, competing with men's golf now, and they were ranked number thirteen in the nation. They had three players in singles that were in the top thirty-five in the country. That's Ashley Leahy, Jess Fela, and Anastasia Yamashkine. And uh, Leahy and Fela are both seniors. And Leahy was ranked number one in the country, um, has been for the past several weeks. Um, in most polls, she's been number one. And she was a national runner-up as a sophomore. So she was expecting to be able to compete for the singles national title and get the team uh, to the NCAA tournament as a team and compete for that title. And... So really, really disappointing for women's tennis, especially Leahy and Fela, who will probably go on and pursue professional careers now. Men's tennis was off to their best start in a very long time. They were undefeated at 11-0. and 0. 
rose in the polls all year from unranked to ranked in the 30s to ranked in the 20s and then in the top 20. So one of six programs at Pepperdine that was ranked in the top 20 in the country when, when the season was ended. And then your sport, track and field? Yeah, in track, men's and women's track, we had a, a total of nine seniors, three on the men's side and six on the women's side. And we'd broken several school records um, in the past few weeks in our two outdoor meets. Uh, the men's 1,500-meter record, the men's 3K record, and the women's mile record all went down in our first uh, two outdoor meets. But it was just it was the first season with a new head coach, Sylvia Muscada, who had a, a great season thus far in cross-country and in track um, in her first season. So a lot of optimism in our program, and then there still is for future years, but there was a lot that we were hoping to accomplish this fall that we weren't able to, or this spring that we weren't able to. Okay, and then baseball. Baseball was ranked number 16 in the country and had arguably the best start in Pepperdine history. They were off to a 12-3 and start and had defeated some nationally ranked teams. They were just off of uh, taking a series away from Michigan, who is ranked in the top 20 as well. Um, so a really good start for them as well. Had a good group of seniors and some juniors who will be entering the major league draft, and they were looking forward to competing for West Coast Conference title and going on to the NCAA Regional and Super Regional. So just a tough season um, for them to be cut short as well. And if you're a freshman or a sophomore or a junior, let's say, and you are going from, you know, full tilt of the season and now you're just left with nothing, no competition, uh, what are some athletes doing in order to get ready for the next season and stay in shape until they can do organized practices and everything? It's almost like a really long period of summer training that we're looking at right now, which is unfortunate because, you know, the best part about playing a sport is competing. You train all this time. The most fun part is competing. It's not being at practice or, or being at workouts. So it's unfortunate that as those of us that are coming back for a fall sport are looking at like a six-month block of summer training where you're kind of on your own. And, and those who play spring sports are going to have to wait almost another entire calendar year to be able to compete. Um, but it's kind of like times where you're on your own, you're either at home doing what you can do at home, doing being with you know friends from high school. What, in your opinion, as a athlete and as somebody that covers this, when do you think we will start to see people playing again in the NCAA? We're not going to see teams even practicing again, I think, for three to four months, and depends on the conference's rules because the NCAA decision did not en encompass all organized practice. That was a West Coast Conference thing. But we may not see anyone practicing again for three to four weeks, and even when they do practice, um, it may not be allowed to have a coach there. All NCAA recruiting has been suspended for the next month. So in terms of competition, we won't see anything again until the fall. There, there will be no collegiate athletics for the next several months until things start up again in fall sports. You may see practices or recruiting um, resuming. I guess the earliest that would happen is probably in the middle of April. Um, but right now, even in, beyond in the sports world, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing going on in the sports world right now because it, it's come to a full stop with you know pro leagues being suspended even internationally pro leagues have been suspended i think there might be a ufc fight going on but that's about it with no spectators um but otherwise everything's come to a full stop um for the time being 
um, in concern for this, for the coronavirus. Thank you, Carl. All right. Thanks for having me, James. I'm James Moore. See you next time. Kayla Mendez is PGM's podcast manager. Cameron Gordon is our production manager. Robbie McMurray is our technical supervisor. Maddie Carr is our managing editor, and our executive editor is Shanna Steinmetz. Our theme song is written by Jeremy Zerby. Our logo is designed by Natalie Roulon. Elizabeth Smith and Courtney Stallings are the PGM advisors. This episode was recorded in the KW... Nope. This episode was recorded in my closet. The Graph is a Pepperdine Graphic Media production.